11 and we were uh, cadets at that point and we were in Bombay trying to get our assessment done for our class 4 exam. I don't know if you recall. Uh, possibly, I mean, do recall the year and being in Bombay MMD and yeah, good chance we would have bumped into each other over there. Yeah, there was, there was, uh, Akhilesh was with us, Kunal was with us and there were a few others with us. We had, we'd all gone together to get our assessments done. But uh, yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago right now, man. Man, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost a decade now. Yeah. It's so, crazy. Abhishek, welcome to the Two Bros podcast and I'm, I'm glad you accepted my invitation to come and join us because I, I tell you what, I've, over the years, if it had anyone asked me and to, you know, to share an example of a life well lived, I would have guided you to, you know, guided them to uh, your, you know, your uh, Instagram because the things you've done are basically nothing short of uh, incredible. And I've written down a few things here, you know, just so that I don't forget because it's quite a list and it's quite an intimidating list to be honest. Uh, one of the most recent things that you did was you swam from the island of Alcatraz to uh, San Francisco. That was incredible. You uh, you pitched your tent in the Yosemite National Park and you basically lived there for a few uh, weeks. You were a part of the legendary Sea Shepherds crew and fighting off Japanese whalers in the Pacific. I mean, that in itself is incredible. Um. I mean, these are all uh, more or less true, but uh, I mean, there's, there's there's some details that that aren't over there. But yeah, this this has been a gist of the couple of experiences uh, I've managed to have the last couple of years. I'm I'm pretty sure I've missed a lot, but uh, that's pretty much what I gathered from your from your Instagram. Before. Yeah, that's uh, that that would be and, correct. And yeah. I mean, uh, the Alcatraz swim, for instance, was actually just an attempt mm-hmm. uh, before going to. Uh, San Francisco is my first time in the US and I was looking for something wild to do okay. uh, challenge wise because I had just uh, gotten off from ship and as you usual, I was planning some travel thing and uh, someone mentioned this and at the time I was swimming and I thought uh, this would be a great, great time to give this a go because mm-hmm. I don't know when else I'll be in the shape again and so I flew in and there's a thing that people do where a boat takes you to the Alcatraz Island mm-hmm. and uh, he's a pilot that's going to uh, look out for you while you're swimming and uh, you rent a wetsuit, you dive right in and you swim probably, I think it's three kilometers, one and a half miles, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the distance. So uh, I went in thinking, yeah, this would be great, uh, be fun and I'm, I definitely can swim the distance. I was, I was doing four kilometers in a pool, so I felt prepared. Uh, anyway, it didn't really turn out like that. I jumped in, the water was uh, freezing. Okay. It was uh, 13 degrees Celsius in November mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, uh, water temperature. And But there wasn't any time to think. Once I'm inside, I'm like, okay, well, you know, start swimming mm-hmm. and follow instructions and just look at the, the bearing that he's given you. And uh, I wasn't even used to open water swim then. Mm-hmm. And uh, but again, there's there's no time to think of all of this. So I continued swimming on and getting water inside my mouth and trying to you know find a rhythm and find a good breathing technique and all of that. But I had to stop se- at several points to catch a breath and you know recalibrate how I'm doing it. And in the mean, I, I'm not realizing, but I guess my body is getting cold. Mm-hmm. And there are thoughts in my mind about, oh, there's, I can't, re- so you can't really see 
uh, beyond maybe a meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think I had the best swimming glasses even then. But mm-hmm. I was aware that, yeah, of course, there's marine life in this body of water. And uh, the pilot would check in on me occasionally and I would say I'm okay. But then eventually that would just become like sounds I'm making with my mouth because my jaw froze. And uh, like 45 minutes into the thing, he pulled me out, hosed me down and said, you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can, you know, you should continue further. And I was disappointed. My body was sent into a shock. So I couldn't really respond mm-hmm. with anything except just warm up. But yeah, that was one wild uh, experience that I uh, didn't go fully prepared for. And I think that was good. That was necessary to like, just keep things in check. Well, uh, so, so yeah, I didn't finish it. I attempted it. That's, I mean, from what I hear, it's it's still an incredible effort and not a lot of people can even uh, think about uh, pulling something off like that. But I'll tell you what, Abhishek, this is something we would, uh, I would love to talk to you about probably on a different episode. The reason I've called you for this uh, particular episode is something that, uh, talk about something you had done a few years earlier, which was you went down the entire west coast of India from uh, Bombay to somewhere in Kerala on, on a bicycle. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> correct. I mean, it was from Pune, where I currently am and live, mm-hmm. to Kanyakumari. This was uh, along the west coast. Fantastic. So, Abhishek, take, take, us, take us a little bit uh, further back. Were you always a, a fitness enthusiast? How did you, uh, you know, get into this uh, kind of extreme... Uh, Let's say, I mean, I'm calling it extreme, but probably not for you at this point, but extreme, uh, you know, these extreme challenges that you've taken up. Um, so, I no, I wouldn't say I've, I've been fit for most of my life. I mean, it's, because uh, I've been, I've been not sedentary, so, but I haven't been like very mindful of it or, you know, picking activities to play just to stay in shape. I've just uh, felt fortunate that I've, I've had more or less uh, an active body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, I think in 2014 or 15, I don't know, I began feeling out of shape. Uh, and also, I think a little bit of basketball was going on uh, in my friend circle. So I would show up for games sometimes, but I was just not good or feeling fit. And uh, a close friend of mine, Bob, bought a bicycle and uh, in, at that time I was wondering uh, that's that's odd why would someone buy a bicycle okay. uh, that's how kind of new it was uh-huh. uh, for me uh, and where I live and yeah I think that was it I he bought it he rode it I for some reason borrowed it and ride and we started riding around which slowly converted to while riding around the city everywhere just to get places mm-hmm. and not having to drive my car or my other motorcycle. And that felt convenient mm-hmm. and felt like a lot of fun. And yeah, kept me active. So, so you, I guess... So how does one go from uh, driving within the city to driving the entire coast of uh, the west coast of India? How did that transition happen? Oh, this... That's a great question. Uh, a lot happened in between mm-hmm. that slowly propelled me further and further and trying to, you know, uh, just, yeah, just, just push the distance. And uh, after the earlier biking that I just mentioned to just, you know, I don't know, go to a dinner party or, uh, you know, just to go run errands or something, I would, I slowly began participating in triathlons because, mm-hmm. uh, again, a close friend was doing it. He, I don't know, for some reason, I got talked into signing up. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, uh, it was a 21k and i hadn't run probably 3 miles since like after school okay. i guess <laughs> okay. so uh, i don't know what i was doing mm-hmm. but i was just pleasantly surprised to have managed to finish it mm-hmm. and which includes a bit of walking that's fine uh, i did what i could to uh, you know uh, pace myself and felt easy and uh, that's when i felt like i got got an idea of what my body can take and it just felt like a fun new thing for me it just felt like a, felt like a toy you know mm-hmm. like oh wow this is something new and i haven't experienced something new in a long time so let's just go with it which mm-hmm. went to triathlons i felt i i knew how to swim since it, since i was a kid so that felt like an advantage in terms of like not being afraid of uh, you know doing a distance mm-hmm. um yeah that's it uh, did some triathlons uh, and couple of years later i was i was yeah i was i was fully into it i was sold to the idea of swimming every chance i get biking every chance i get and well i never ran so i mean i i, I didn't enjoy it but uh, these events happen such few times a year that um, i had to like it was getting really difficult to time it and like you know push that boundary with say an ironman which you would have to go outside india for yeah uh, so that would like pause the momentum and anyway one fine day i i just a regular day in my vacation in pune i i was going through a really tough time mm-hmm. and uh, like like things things weren't work, working out uh on a, on a pretty big level in my life okay. uh, or so i thought it was mm-hmm. and uh, i just wanted to do something radical uh and find like a positive uh way to channel all this energy i suddenly had mm-hmm. and i asked a friend if one could bike to goa and he said sure but you know people could also go for the down to this place kanyakumari i liked the idea mm-hmm. i looked it up someone's done it of course someone's written about it of course i read it and uh i just gave myself maybe 3 days to pack and uh, just go before i sort of uh, i'm not committed to the idea anymore and uh, yeah that was it So just a few follow up questions here. So now you've at this point you've made up your mind to undertake this journey. Now mm-hmm. let's talk us talk us through the 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 prep that you've gone through and uh, maybe what the the kind of bike that you had the modifications you had to do to the bike to you know obviously carry more weight and and the planning that was involved did you have some kind of a, a timeline that you would cover this much distance by the end of one day or where would you stay for the night just just talk us through that prep for that for that uh, you know the challenge the prep uh, yeah this this is actually the really fun part uh, of 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 i don't know the fun uh, part of any trip that i've been taking lately it's just the research and the planning that goes into it um so first is first if if an idea pops in my head which honestly is been uh, it's been happening a lot mm-hmm. just if i have free time there's just several ideas that come to my mind and I, i go crazy looking it up so the first thing i would do is see if it's someone's done it if it's doable in in this weather in this part of the world this way has someone done it and mm-hmm. once you get an idea of that you obviously feel more confident of undertaking your plans mm-hmm. and i would try to find i found more uh, literature on it uh, i tried to find and i knew that people would organize groups and tours to do this but there's i think there was one really 
helpful person that has done it mm-hmm. with his friend and written about it in detail okay and all i had to do was bookmark that mm-hmm. and um, yeah just just i felt like that is the blueprint I, there was no limit with time i knew i should just aim for 100 a day because that sounds good and that's what that's fine to do and town just so conveniently located mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that was it so i knew this is what i'm supposed to do i i know i have a bicycle at that point i had a hybrid uh city bicycle um which was japanese mm-hmm. and uh it somehow landed in my lap and you know i had i had this bike and i thought yeah this is going to work i looked up the kind of bags you need to carry your stuff in mm-hmm. and um uh the only store i knew of then that would have it was decathlon and i went over bought the bags chatted with the friendly sales people there who are who, like you know they usually are that's i feel like that's been one thing that's working in india and very friendly very uh helpful chat uh, discussed tools and stuff to go over and again like i have to mention this guy's uh blog that he did and which just had like blueprint ready for me and cool so i have all my stuff now i just pack it i tell my mom that i you know i'm about to do this and i say it in a way that it's not open for discussion or anything and uh-huh. just i just as i mentioned it's like yeah i'm going to be away for i don't know 20 days i guess mm-hmm. and um yeah that's it i think i just mentioned it to one other person just for accountability to myself and to him i guess um that yeah you know how i don't know this is sound crazy is am i going to what am i doing and uh he uh i don't know he said like if this anyone i think who might do something like this is probably you uh i think yeah just you should do it you will be able to do it and i want to hear that when you get there that you finished it and um that was a great pep talk and i received it at on the first night actually because i had packed and stuff mm-hmm. to leave the next day and so day zero i suppose so This is uh yeah I packed to leave the next morning but I just went over to a friends after dinner to, uh, to have a chat and just say goodbye and I was getting cold feet like serious cold <laughs> feet because uh, now I had given an opportunity in my head to just let it you know let it all come out and you know uh maybe get emotional about it mm-hmm. and then I mentioned like I don't know so well, a helpful friend then talked me in, back into it and so i left uh the day after and i just i just rested the next day and i left so that's 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 more or less being the prep i didn't i don't know what i was getting into but i just knew that like just keep biking so just uh, tell us what all were you carrying i mean obviously the a change of clothes and things like that are rather obvious but in terms of provisions in terms of uh tech gps for instance like give us a lowdown of what all uh, you were carrying with you in those bags right um So there was nothing out of the ordinary I was carrying besides a pair of clothes or footwear. Uh, well, electronics-wise, I knew that uh, I obviously want to document something like this. I mean, just to, like phone pictures aren't going to cut it. So I asked for, I looked around for a GoPro. A friend had one. I asked if I could borrow it. He gladly lent it. Uh, I knew I'm going to have issues uh, charging it, mm-hmm. so I invested in, in a few power banks. Okay. 
and um, like good capacity ones. I think I carried a small music speaker with me for nights, yeah. and um, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. In terms of food, I uh, I knew I didn't have to, wouldn't be like uh, you know very challenged. Like full camping style trip is not uh, what I'm going to be expecting. It's India. It's it's countryside. There's going to be shops and pauses everywhere, yeah. and um, so yeah, food wise, I didn't have to carry much. Uh, just probably some snacks occasionally or chocolates to I don't know cheer me up sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing very special. Understood. So now, uh, from what I hear, it's it's a bit of a physical challenge that you've taken up on yourself. How much of that was uh, just the physicality, and how much was it just to explore the countryside? Uh, what were you thinking at this point? What was the objective of uh, doing this apart from the whole, you know, the physical challenge of it all? Um. Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. I think um, I don't think I was in it for any cultural experience mm-hmm. or you know any particularly aesthetic aesthetic views or uh, you know visually appealing stuff. I think for me it was just like the most appealing part about it was the goal to just I had never imagined doing something crazy like this mm-hmm. uh, until like a week before that right. uh, or like a couple of days before that. So when this idea popped in my head, it felt like just the perfect way to channel all this rage and energy I had then. And so I wasn't in it necessarily for just like the exploring angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew it would be physically demanding a, in a beautiful setting. Mm-hmm. So and the, the idea of maybe um, being in motion and being not reachable or accessible and just kind of really truly feeling alone mm-hmm. uh, with my thoughts and you know not having any distractions, just letting all of that stuff just marinate in my head, but in peace while I'm doing another therapeutic or meditating activity. Okay. And now just, just walk us through what, what it was like uh, being on the road once you're already like, let's say two or three days into the journey. What was it like uh, to be on the road? And what were you thinking at this point? Were you just focused on finishing the race after you were, uh, let's say, two, three days inside? Or were you just suddenly starting to enjoy the countryside and you found yourself surprisingly, you know, cheery and in a good mood and wanting to maybe take some detours left, right and center? Um, so, like, the timeline uh, initially just went, like, day one, I had to get out of city area and onto a city highway. Mm-hmm. And I knew like the first couple of days would be trying to get from inland uh, Maharashtra to the coast and then just hug the coast and, you know, right south. Right. So the first couple of days was uh, perhaps not very appealing at all because it was a <laughs> national highway and uh-huh. there was hardly any green. It was mostly just sand mm-hmm. and arid areas. And so that wasn't very entertaining. I guess the fun part the first day was just stopping and seeing how much distance I've covered mm-hmm. and that, that felt like a high. And you know, uh, you get really, really uh, hungry when you're biking such long distances, especially in hot weather. This is February weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the hottest time of year, but you know, it still can be not, you know, it is hot. and. Uh, so these treats I would look forward to, like I stop every two hours and just eat a big fat meal and not have to worry about it. So I'm just going to burn it all, mm-hmm. use it all uh, in, in the next, I don't know, whatever kilometers. And um, 
So yeah, there's there's a lot of sweating, there's a lot of filming. I was having fun with playing with this toy camera, and which I had never used before. So I had, you know, I was testing my creative juices even. Okay. And <laughs> so all in all, I was plenty occupied since the time I, you know, said goodbye to my mom at I don't know 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't any time to stop and think about what 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 am I doing? I can still go back. You know, there was there was. all these things like oh what 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 am i feeling what music should i be listening to now mm-hmm. and so there was uh action from the time uh, like day one and uh finally into day two i wanted to give up mm-hmm. because i reached a hotel and my legs were beat and i was like god like what did i get myself into <laughs> and i could just call it here and you know like not tell anybody or anything mm-hmm. but um i Yeah, I think I was I was in tears, like in not due to pay, I don't know due to what, but I was just not not having any of it that night. And all I had to do was just rest and revisit that uh, conversation in my head in the morning, and I felt absolutely fine to journey on. Uh, something similar happened, like when I reached Goa, and I thought again, okay, this could you could just call it here, man, and just go back home. Mm-hmm. Goa sounds good enough, yeah. and um, again, I just took a day's break and I journeyed on, and yeah, then then it was just about making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those days later, yeah. So how's the how's the terrain like? I mean, I obviously haven't taken this ride. So what's the terrain like? Is it do you have mountains there? Is it uh, you know, just just talk us through what the road is like? So uh, to get from Pune to the coast, it was I think I want to say it's about three hundred kilometers. So I had to spend three days biking over uh, over some hilly areas, mm-hmm. and then finally going downhill and reaching the coast. So the initial three days were really challenging. A lot of uphills. I have to get my body conditioned to you know riding with so much load. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was pretty hot yeah. uh, with with a lot of trucks and things passing by. Um, I well I. But by the time I got to the coast, so then it was just like a, I don't know, like a, a good like three x difference. You know, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sea on one side and these tiny villages I'm passing through, and I was like, wow, this is great. Like I don't think I've ever been here, mm-hmm. and uh, because it was a coastal highway, not very often used by people who probably just want to get places yeah. um, by road. Um, So yeah, it was then. Then on, it became like a culinary experience, a cultural thing, and uh, just like a visual change. I could see, like for the south, I was going. I do want to, like, I don't know, mention that to me, it just felt a lot prettier the further south I went, because mm-hmm. maybe it was just new experience for me, even like the further south I got. So once I was on the coastline, it was definitely hot. Yeah. Not very windy. uh but it's just, just gorgeous uh maybe it's probably not as gorgeous if you're just passing through in a car but for me that setting and how i was there and you know the whole thing made it just as uh fantastic all right can you can you now maybe uh, look back and uh, talk us about talk to us about some uh, you know visuals or some experiences that stood out and have stayed with you all this while uh Wow, this is I'm trying to think of uh, a good one here. Um, 
I guess like my favorite uh, places among those twenty days was was this tiny town in like Karnataka, mm-hmm. and it's called Maravante, and I I I didn't even care for it when I when I read read about it or you know hear about it. it just sounded like a regular town, mm-hmm. and it 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 probably is, but just the timing of when I was I think this was about midway into my trip, okay. and this is. I was looking for a place to stay, and I, I first like that's always a thing. Uh, like on bicycle journeys, you gotta a lot time at the end of the day to figure out your camping or staying situation for that night. That just it doesn't ha- it, it takes a while. It could take like an hour to to two sometimes with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was that time of the day. I've got to pause, stop, and try to see if I could find a uh, lodge for the night. I went to a resort too expensive for me. Uh, found some other places, but they just were just not visually appealing. Mm-hmm. And uh, after some heavy searching and some TripAdvisor-related looking in a small village in Karnataka, I came across this house which had like really uh, like cute, like odd paint on it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it stuck out in a very uh, aesthetic way, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, was, it was perfect. I mean, uh, it's it's probably I, I remember taking a picture of it and sharing it on Instagram. But yeah, that's it. That that whole moment was nice. I, I got into the house and you know freshened up, and I, I would. It was also that part of the day where I get to like just do nothing for two hours, or mm-hmm. you know just just lie down after a great day, mm-hmm. and just step out in the evening to go film or you know have a chai or something. So. Uh, just a walk away from that, like maybe 100 meters across the highway was the beach. And uh, that was a splendid moment. And uh, all in all, it just felt like a great day. And to like end the day over there. And actually end the day with some great like countryside chicken and beer, actually. And so <laughs> uh, is, is what followed that uh, nice little stroll on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, that 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 um, memory particularly sticks out. Right, that that sounds quite amazing. Now, uh, Abhishek, if you can uh, tell us some statistics, what is the total distance you covered in this trip of yours, and how much time did you take? Um, Arjun, this was um, I had allotted twenty days with like a breakup of uh, six or seven days of biking and one day of rest, so like a one full day rest per week. And I was giving myself three weeks to do it. Uh, I was aiming to do 100 kilometers, give or take, a day. Mm-hmm. And um, money-wise, I was budgeting probably not more than a thousand because uh, that also felt like a fun challenge. Because in my mind, I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to spend anyway, besides food and staying places and I felt like this guy's done it, so I should be able to as well. And um, yeah, so it, it it stayed comfortably within that for me. And um, I stayed in cheap lodges everywhere I went because I didn't need the place for more than a couple hours. Mm-hmm. At some places, I stayed with friends or friends of friends or grandmother of a friend. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, these were the stats. The longest uh, coastline was Kerala. I think I spent about seven days there. Okay. And um, what else can I think about? Yeah, that's about it. I got to Kanyakumari and 
you know, sent my bicycle back by uh, Blue Dodge. It okay, reached Pune in about two weeks, and I took a train back home. So, what is the total distance for this trip? I'm sorry, I missed that out. Uh, it was 1,700 kilometers. Bloody hell! Like I can't even. Yeah. So, and and would you? I mean, describe in your own words. I mean, you can uh, give us a picture. What are your What are your thoughts on your way back? Do you feel this trip uh, changed you in any way, or what What's going through your mind on your on your way back? My way back. Uh, I mean, though it was a, it felt like a short train journey, even though it was like 24 hours because I had like, I spent 20 days biking that distance and I'm just like, you know, making it back in like 24 hours. So I, I, I don't think I got a lot of thinking done on that train. Okay. This whole thing just sat with me for, for long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't sum up whatever experience in words um yeah basically it's just a blip in my memory right now i don't know what happened mm-hmm. post ride uh all i can remember is i probably had to go back to work on ship mm-hmm. and i spent uh, five months or six months and then that's when something amazing happened i i realized because what like my i think my i just way i look what I wanted to do with my time changed uh, while I was on that ship. I just thought, oh, I should like do something crazier. That's the first time I heard that voice in my head. And mm-hmm. I thought to uh, pursue the idea of, oh, let's do the biking thing again, but somewhere more challenging. And that's when I realized, okay, the last trip has obviously left a huge imprint on me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just unfolding right about now. Mm-hmm. So some, a lot of people would have just probably given up and they would have bragged about this one trip that they took. But you eventually ended up uh, doing the entire length of Nepal after that, after you got back home. Yeah, that is correct. I did the entire length of Nepal east to west mm-hmm. from West Bengal to uh, Uttarakhand. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Additionally, the Annapurna circuit, which is like a two-week uh, long uh, hiking trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, thanks to, you know, corners of the internet, I found out that uh, some crazy people bike it. Okay. And I felt like, wow, I want to be that idiot who tries it. <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, I suppose it was back to work, back to the prep work. And that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of, lot of work. And yeah, it's, it's a crazy amount of work to put a trip together uh, and a lot of fun, a lot of fun, very laborious too, but uh, it's great because um, you're constantly, I feel like I'm constantly being stimulated like every one minute and then I'm addicted to it. Mm-hmm. I just keep looking for new things to do with this trip and, you know, so yeah, that, that was Nepal. But I tell you what, Abhishek, earlier this year, I was in Nepal for an entirely different uh, kind of a trip. And uh-huh. one thing that stood out to me was that the roads in Nepal are just, they, I mean, you can't even call them roads. They are just, they're just cutouts on the side of a mountain and you're just, uh, you know, going along and doing that entire length. I mean, those are some seriously high mountain roads and doing that entire length on, on a bicycle, that must've been quite a challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it was, it was how it, how the Nepal thing was divided was 
the actual east-west length of Nepal is probably just long, mm-hmm. but it's, I know it's flat because that portion of Nepal is called the Terai and it's the plains and, you know, rice fields and all of that. So that section is going to be uh, fine as long as it's flat road. Okay. Uh, didn't account for the heat as much. That uh, became uh, almost a deal breaker mm-hmm. uh, early on into my trip. And I'm glad I just, uh, you know, resisted it and, you know, stuck it out. Um, the actual mountain climbing began like after maybe eight days into the trip and for that for that reason alone I had purchased a mountain bike and to me it makes no sense to ride a mountain bike on flat city roads so I didn't have one until then so on the Terai region I knew I was just like expending a lot more extra energy than I need to uh, but I knew it's gonna like be helpful in the mountain section and like try to get up to a pass of 5,400 meters and even those numbers didn't make, I don't know what to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, looking at that number because I couldn't, I didn't have any reference besides knowing like mean sea level is where, where the baseline is. Yeah. But um, I don't know what 5,400 would be like. Mm-hmm. And it was a hiking trail. And, you know, like quite, quite early into it, I realized this is a bad idea, man. I mean, it's just people like walking on this with their bags and here you, it seems like you are the only guy here on a bike. Why Why do this? And for, for a long time, and you know, just people looking at you weirdly did not help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I was just questioning my thing a lot, but I was like, hey, some people have done it, they've written about it. That's what you're following as your reference. And you know, in terms of where to take a right, left, whatever. Uh, so just stick with it and it's too late to go back. And, uh, so having a really nice bike helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have any big issues with it. Of course I had issues, but comparing it to the magnanimity of the trip, then it was like nothing. It, it, it did frustrate me at the time, but you know, the bike was solid for the most part. And Nepal is, oh my God. I like would just get goosebumps if I try to sit and just uh, revisualize what what Nepal's like. Um, yeah, one hell of a trip. A lot of hike a bike, uh, which means you bike and then you get off the bike and hike with your bike because you can't really bike it anymore. So, what is the distance you covered this time in Nepal? Uh, this was, I think. I want to say probably 1,500 kilometers. Okay. Uh, but uh, this is not really factoring in the elevation uh, yeah. from the plains to the mountain, mountain drop. And if, if that wasn't enough, you and your bike ended up on the uh, west coast of Norway after that. Norway of all places, from uh, the west coast of India to uh, Nepal and now Norway. And you went the entire length of Norway, north to south. How did how did that uh, happen? <clears throat> uh, sorry, uh, yeah. How did how did that go on? Yeah, how did that happen? How did Norway come into the picture? Um, so, post Nepal, yet another ship, mm-hmm. and yet another uh, fun time being on the ship, thinking, you know, what next? Mm-hmm. You just like a bit of the coast and then some mountains and how else man like how, how are you gonna top this and um i this time my like primary factor uh mm-hmm. it like what i wanted this trip to be about was i just wanted remote 
that that's that's the keyword that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's very important to mention over here, there are a lot of constraining factors when I'm deciding uh, a place geographically. I mean, it's the first thing is obviously what time of the year am I free in and which part of the world is the weather uh, going to be fine to do something like this in. So yeah. that had that narrowed me down to a few places. And I was looking at New Zealand all the while, mm-hmm. although it was like shoulder season, so not, not like great weather, mm-hmm. but not like the worst of the weather, but shoulder season, which is still annoying. Less, less crowds, but very annoying for whatever reasons, uh, mm-hmm. weather-wise or, uh, you know, local, for local reasons. And uh, someone on ship threw in Norway and said, do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know. Like this, this, but, uh, this is imaginable. Mm-hmm. Looked it up again. Turned out to be like a popular thing amongst bicycle tourists. Okay. And um, except I just missed the good season, or I will miss it by the time I get to do it. And I felt like yeah, that's cool. That should be like a additional challenge. Mm-hmm. And um, so initially, I was thinking of getting there. Uh, October, which is just the end of summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm not very great with remembering details of my trips somehow. You know, it's just all a mesh in my head. But um, so it was autumn was setting in and I was trying to back it, bike it from the south to the north. And two months later, I would reach the north. Right. And I that was that, that was such a, that was a stupid idea uh, <laughs> because I would be biking into winter mm-hmm. and then these you know the arctic area so once i got there uh, after like discussing it with people and people just thought it was a terrible idea too i just simply decided to reverse it which is doable all i had to do was figure out domestic flights with my bike and just get there mm-hmm. and the internet is such an amazing place man so resourceful <laughs> because this was a country i knew nobody from okay, I knew no one who was Norwegian except one girl I met at a party once, like maybe 13 years ago in school, I guess, when I was in school. And there's no way I, I would know how to reach her. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, f- someone, a friend of a friend or whatever, who's a uh, metal musician, uh, he you know lives there. He I wrote to him on Facebook. Uh, we got on a couple of calls. He explained like. He answers so many of my questions in terms of like, what kind of clothing do I need? What kind of weather to expect? Where can I pick up camping gear? I have never camped a day in my life Mm -hmm. before that trip. And so I had all these questions and because it's a lot of gear and which I know nothing about. And so people from Reddit, people from Facebook or just various groups. And like, I found someone who's written a book on this and then I somehow found him on Facebook. Okay. said, you know, I don't speak Norwegian. I would not understand your book. Would you grant me a phone call? And, uh, you know, we, we spoke. Uh, he explained stuff. I, who, who invited me to his home when I was in Norway? Mm-hmm. And I went and stayed with him and his family and his kids and his wife and spent two, like, great nights in his village. And uh, so, yeah, people, like, pre-trip, online were extremely helpful mm-hmm. and uh, the weather like just tossed me around man i mean <laughs> i was i was very ill prepared mm-hmm. uh, i mean like the first night itself i remember 
getting stopped by the cops actually day one into my ride mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if we have time for this but like this this the story where you know mm-hmm. I, I kind of on day one in Norway I'm biking and I'm in a tunnel mm-hmm. uh it's it's an under uh it's like it's an under yeah it's a tunnel so uh it's just like going on a downward slope for a long time and then it steadies out and I'm I, and like it's a long tunnel I mean it's five minutes into it it's not ending and I, I like that that's when I realized I think I'm not supposed to be here. Okay. There's no other bike here. Mm-hmm. And uh but the only way out was, you know, out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And so a uh, police van stopped me and said, you know, what are you doing here, man? And and we're gonna give you shelter. We exit tunnel and then we're gonna have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we did and I explained who I am, what I'm doing there, and he just burst out laughing and um <laughs> He's like, uh, fair enough, it's your first day, whatever. He didn't have to say those things, but I'm sure he, that's that's what I make of it. And he let me off with a verbal warning. Okay. And I, he said, where are you heading tonight? And I, I said, this place, I think this place called Hunefoss. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, I, he said there are two ways. There's the longer way and there, there's, there's a shorter way, the longer way. It's on the highway, the shorter is through the forest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just stick to the highway, man, and take the longer one. And said, thank you. And then I went and took the shorter one I attempted to. And uh, so suddenly I'm in, I find myself inside this forest. It's 6 p.m. It's dark. It's raining. And it's my first day biking. And I have this brand new tent in my bag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I don't know. If I, I said I'll just figure it out. And I was I was obviously afraid, but I was not letting that surface. I, I knew deep down I'm, I'm shitting my pants uh, <laughs> for some very irrational reason is what I was telling myself. So I was just not letting it surface. I think there's a lot of adrenaline too, because like, what, what am I doing? I mean, this is freaking Norway, man. You, you've just maybe gone too far this time, I think. And... Um, so yeah, it's raining. I pull this tent out. I put on the grass. Like, How does this work, man? Like, I mean, he showed it to me at the store, mm-hmm. but you know, I was just patient and set up that tent and realized I wasn't getting dinner and uh, because I hadn't planned for this, I didn't know how this works. So I was carrying some Paliji biscuits, which a friend's girlfriend in Berlin gave to me as like a hey, you'll need it at some point. They and have they have Paliji in Berlin. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I got to Norway via Berlin okay. and I made a stop there to gather gear and I was staying with a friend and uh, yeah, uh, it was Diwali, I remember, and that's uh, this, this girlfriend of his offered, I mean, asked me to keep these biscuits and uh, they were a lifesaver that night. Mm-hmm. They have never tasted better. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was Norway. Right. I mean, Abhishek, just the things that I've heard, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what it must have been like, but you've just, you've just come back from another ship, if, I, if I'm correct. And I know, there's a, I know there's a pandemic happening outside, but do you have a next challenge in mind for yourself? Um, I do, actually. I mean, I've just gone back from ship. It's been about three or four days, and mm-hmm. uh, I have, I know I'm going to be I'm most likely going to be in Mexico or the U.S. Mm-hmm. end of the year, and 
I, I might have some free time. Mm-hmm. And I am looking at uh, adventures there. It's, it's again, it's a poor time of the year to look for outdoor adventures. That's out of the world because it's going to be winter and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not undoable. It's just um, you would need a lot of planning in terms of gear and logistics. And uh, I'm not sure how much bandwidth I have for that. But yeah, I am looking into uh, a bike thing in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to work out the logistics. And uh, that's a country I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, yeah, just trying to find different ways I could psych myself into doing something uh, adventurous again, because I feel like it's been a while. I mean, yeah, so I definitely want to uh, feel those kind of feelings again, that, that kind of adrenaline and those highs and which can, which I can which, which are familiar by now, but the only way to like meet that again is to like go out and you know, throw myself into it again. Understood. So <clears throat> for our listeners who are, uh, you know, who want to know more about the journey that Abhishek had, you can follow his uh, Instagram uh, page. It's called peddling.on. And you can also follow Abhishek directly. It's uh, abhiir7, that's A-B-H-I-I-Y-E-R-7 on Instagram. And he's put up some amazing pictures, not only from his from his cycling trips, from his camping trips, also from the time spent at sea as well. Abhishek, thank you so much for uh, giving us almost 45 minutes of your time and sharing your experiences with us. Just just before I let you go, I would like to get some, uh, you know, like a recommendation from you, to, you know, to our listeners. It can be a, a movie, a song, a podcast, a place you might want people to visit, something that, uh, you know, you might want to, uh, you know, tell our listeners to, to check out. Uh, Arjun, yeah, first of all, uh, thanks so much for asking me to do this. This is uh, extremely humbling and I enjoyed this. You asked some great questions I thought which I hadn't asked for myself in a <laughs> okay. long time. Okay. So uh, appreciate this, man. This has been a lot of fun. And um, in terms of a recommendation, there's this thing that uh, comes to mind, which I saw on YouTube by, a, by an adventurer who is... Uh, is probably American, I think. And he was a rock climber, biker, adventurer of all sorts and young. And the reason I'm describing him so much is because he's dead now. And he died in a freak rock climbing accident, mm-hmm. um, I suppose. But this guy biked across uh, Kyrgyzstan or Kazakhstan, I'm not sure, to get to a particular point. And he's filmed this so beautifully. It's not a fancy camp. Yeah, it's 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 your run of the mill thing uh, then, and it's extremely creative. It's very encouraging. It was extremely entertaining. It, I think it was a lot more special because I'd watched it when, by the time he was was no more, and so it just it just made this a lot more special. Uh, I'm sorry the name's slipping my uh, mind at the moment, but. Uh, if, if it's okay, I could just like text it to you and we could leave it in the show notes. Uh, sorry for that. this no uh, disappointing non-reveal. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Abhishek, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing about this. And I wish uh, you would return to our podcast in the future and we would uh, you know, get a chance to talk more about your incredible travels and your, and your experiences. I would love to do that, uh, Arjun. Uh, thanks so much for saying this. And uh, as we speak, actually, that uh, I just looked up that, that video I was talking about, mm-hmm. and it's called The Road from Karakol. It's mm-hmm. available on YouTube. Uh, that's four words, The Road from Karakol. Okay. 
All right, understood. We will, we will definitely check it out. Abhishek, thank you for your time and uh, talk soon, man. Uh, talk soon, Arjun. Appreciate it. Uh, bye bye.